Diddle and Dum British Strongman Podcast. So this week we're going to go over the. It's been a busy, busy couple of weeks for um, Strongman. So we had the Fit Expo last week with the Fit Expo Log and Nerdlift Championships. We had the England Strongest Woman on the Saturday. We had England uh, England Strongest Man on the Sunday. Um, this weekend we've had the BNSF Britain's Strongest Man. Um, and there's been a whole host of um, comps up and down the country, haven't they, Shane? With, with all, yeah, we have uh, Ireland's Ireland Strongest Man as well. The Republic of Ireland's Strongest Man, I think it is. Those two two Irish comps, anyway, that I know of. Yeah, so, um, well, let, let, let's go over... Let's start with uh, England's Strongest Woman first. So that was on Saturday. So... Um, I was so engrossed in the under 64s that I didn't really see much of the um, the 82s and the opens. But in the under 64s, um, Shannon Clifford won. Um, Molly came forth, my my girlfriend. So she was uh, we're absolutely buzzing for her to qualify for Britons. Um, do you know who, who? How did the under 82s and opens go? Can you remember, Shane? Honestly, I know how Jenna did because uh, yeah, I coached Jenna, but um, I was kind of similar. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fanboy, I'll be honest with you, of the under 63s or 4s or whatever it is. Um, so I was kind of, yeah, I'm mainly kind of watching them if I've been perfectly straight. But I was watching Jenna. Jenna, who I coach, had the closest call to qualifying I've ever seen. She like literally loaded the last stone um, and then the buzzer went just before she kind of let, let her hands off the stone. So if she had done it half a second quicker, she would have qualified. But um, but yeah, unfortunately this year, just just missed out as close as possible. So I can't even remember who won the 82s, to be perfectly straight with you. I was a bit busy on the Conte stand, so yeah. I was kind of like flying between. So I struggled to watch a lot of it on that journey. Well, look, I'll, I'll be honest, right? I feel, I feel like quite, I feel like quite bad because I feel like because of this podcast, we've almost got a responsibility to know everything about all the ins and outs of every competition. But it's fucking, it, it, it's impossible. It's really, really difficult. So yeah, it, yeah. it is hard, isn't it? There's just, especially this last two or three weeks, there was so much going oh, on. Yeah, oh yeah. So, so I, I actually think so. Um, any of the listeners out there who. I, I, I think there's a role for somebody out there to like uh, collate the um, like the results of the like even like say just the big competitions or whatever, um, and just make it make it easy to like say say someone it'd be great if somebody could build a resource where they collect the results each weekend of the main competitions and then we can like send it send it out to people and publicize it and like have it in front of us because you can't you can't just go on like say you know like say the football scores you can go on like livescore.com and you see everything there in front of you that that would be good for us to have as a resource you know to publish on this podcast and on social media and stuff like that I think it'd be really good for the sport sounds like a job for uh, Ben Joyce doesn't it uh, yeah so so yeah, um, obviously, like we we just don't have the time to do it. Um, but I, but I think it would be valuable um, 
and really good for the sport because there's so many people who even like the national level comps and stuff you might say oh like England's strongest woman or England's strongest man or like say say the naturals the BNSF or whatever like the amount of people that turn around and say oh fucking hell like oh I didn't know about that I'd have been interested in doing that and you think you almost think like how can you not know about it but some people aren't on Facebook some people aren't on Instagram and stuff and like you can very easily miss out. There is a, there's a good site with um, fixtures on and comps called cleanandpress.co.uk. I'm not sure he runs that. In fact, that might have some of the results on, I'm not sure. Um, but that, that's a good result for, for people looking to say, uh, see what comps are coming up up and down the country. Uh, so that, that's a really good resource. But yeah, I, th- I think it would be great for somebody to, to like say, um, collect the results and um, if, so, if someone did it we'd be able to re- re- read out the results of the main competition don't we because it, 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 used to, it used to be like that back in the day because back in the day everything was on Sugden Barbell absolutely yeah. everything so it was just one site where you could see everything um, but since f- Facebook kind of like and Instagram and stuff kind of like pushed them out but then it's become a bit what's the word it's just like it's all over the shop isn't it like You've got starting strongman, strongman training tips and discussions on Facebook, people on Instagram. So there's not like one place you go to to find it. You've got to kind of like yeah. have a search, haven't you? So for, so for the women's, by the way, um, for the women listening and also for, for guys who have um, partner who you're trying to get into strongman or girlfriends or family or whatever, like the if you look on Facebook for the hundred percent CA, is it hundred percent CA promotions? Yeah, I'm, I'm there's, right. a, there's a there's a couple of groups on there. Um, Amp Browns, um, like promotion company, and the, the, there's all sorts on there for the women. That's uh, if you go if you go in the group on there, there's quite a lot of um, what's the word? Like quite a lot of people like. Talking yeah, stuff it's like a that. Good, it's a good group for the, the females to talk about. Yeah, they can talk about anything openly, anything that they're a bit nervous about, or anything that, like, um, you know, they're a bit worried about, or not, I wouldn't say embarrassed, but I know like peeing on the platform and stuff's like a bit of a thing that um, that happens in the females when they're going ham. So they talk about openly about like what they would like done in a comp to be feel more comfortable competing when stuff like that happens um so stuff like that so Anne brown's group is really good because it's helped a lot of the girls voice their uh, opinion on stuff so that they can change the comps and stuff and it's a really good community so yeah that 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 group's uh i forgot about that one but that's a really good group to be in yeah yeah, it's good, and and basically it lays out a cl- for the for the women's side, it lays out a clear pathway, doesn't it? All the way from uh, say the qualifiers that say everybody's open to 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 go and enter to England's, and then England's to Brits. Um, oh, sorry, We've got the uh, the other regions qualifiers as well, Scotland, Wales, etc. Um, but all, all the way all the way up to the worlds and. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just very, very clear. And so, like, say, any any woman who wants to say progress in the sport, if you get in that group, you can. The, the pathway is very, very, very clear. 
Whereas with the guys, like you say, it's a bit it, that there are several different pathways, and it can get a little bit confusing, can't it? To yeah, well, for example, one of my guys just competed in England's strongest man, and then three days later, messaged me and said, "Shane, I've got an invite to England's strongest man in two weeks," and I, I didn't even know there was another England's strongest man, and I. I I coached, I coached this fucking sport, so you think I'd, I'd know, but I was like, I didn't even know there was another England. There's two England's strongest man, two weeks apart. I didn't even know. Um, yeah, so, so the other one's like affiliated with UKs, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, it's like the feeder into UKs, like Glenn Ross's UKs, isn't it? Yeah, but I didn't realise that it was called England's strongest man. I just thought they were qualifiers to UK strongest man. Yeah. Um, so, but whatever. It's just yeah. It can be. It can be a bit of a. Can be a bit confusing, can't it? Yeah. So, well, that that leads us into tell us about England's strongest man, Shane. So, where look like loads of your guys representing. It's fucking absolutely brilliant to watch. I I went with my mum on the Sunday. Travel back to Liverpool <laughs> see these guys compete, and I tell you what, it was absolutely brilliant. Massive shout out to Amp Brown as well for. Uh, him and his team running two fucking awesome comps back to back. What did you think, Shane? Yeah, it was. I thought it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I thought it was class. It, it's got to be hard to, to run a comp at an expo like that. Um, I also thought that I also thought that Rhiannon was really good on the mic on day one. I thought she was. Uh, yeah, she was just constantly talking, constantly getting the crowd up. Thought she did a really good job. Dale, 3D strength. I think he, I think he was a little nervous at the start, but he got into a really nice flow, and I thought he was really good as well. Uh, come come halfway through the comp, he picked up and got into a bit of a stride, and I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I was really proud of all my lads because um, a lot of them, it was the first comp. I can be a bit of a pushy fucker, and I did push a lot of them to do the England's qualifier online. Uh, even though they've, some of them have done just like one inches comp, some have done no comps because of COVID. Like they've been training strongman for this whole time, but because of COVID, hadn't done any comps. And I was like, let's do the online qualifier. They got through, and yeah, a couple of the boys. It was the first comp, and they come like top ten in England. So yeah, I was really proud of everyone. I thought the comp ran really smooth. Um, and yeah, I just had, I, honestly, I, I had a really good weekend of that fix, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, at, a, at a great time. Yeah, and, and also as well, um, there was the uh, the 120s comp. Was that the day before? Was that the same day as the ladies? Or that was that, the- was, that was the same day. Yeah, that was the same day as the. Uh, this I was, it was the same day as one of them. Anyway. It, was, it was on the same day. Yeah, so that that was run um, at 3D strength, um, and again, hopefully that. That looked like something from the footage that I've seen. That looks like something that would be great to build on in future years. Um, the under yeah, I do, class, I do so. think that class was. I do think that class was needed because there's so many lads that are stuck in that kind of purgatory where it's just like the female between 63 and 82. It's a big gap, so you get a lot of 73, 75 girls that. Don't really want to cut because it's a bit of a death cut, but also they're a bit too small for the 82s because a lot of the 82 girls are obviously 86 and diet down a bit. So it's 10 kilo body weight difference. And it's same with these 120 lads. You know, a lot of them walk around at 115 to 125. Yeah. And they don't really want to cut to 105. 
but the open weights could be a little bit out of reach and also you know they're just at a bit of a disadvantage i guess so i think it's a brilliant class to bridge the gap it also gives the guys from 105 the opportunity to take a step before they go to opens yeah um, so i think i think it's yeah i think it's really good and and also as well gives the, gives the 105 guys like a good heavy comp to train for where they don't have to cut yeah, exactly. Like, like they can just jump in, no, no stress. Like I'm entering this comp, this comp, this comp. The one ten kilo guys, one twelve. They don't have to. They can just train and turn up, compete, get experience, without the hassle of the the week before comp, basically. Yeah, and and I think I think it's good because they can facilitate, like like you say, bridging that gap between one hundred and five and um, open in terms of weight. Where as you, I feel like. There are like some some like statically strong lads who would actually be more suited to like kind of heavier like open levels comps, but they may be competing at one hundred fives and getting beaten by faster lads on the athletic stuff that they would yeah. possibly beat on a heavier. You understand what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like I know athletes like it. They can run a three hundred yoke at the same yeah. speed as a four hundred yoke. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like people like like I think uh, Lewis Beaumont would be good at the one twenty. I don't know how he did. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I think he'd yeah. be a really good example of someone like he's so like like you like you say so so statically. Yeah, he's an animal, isn't he? But if you but if you put him up against a fast guy on a three hundred yoke he would probably get pipped by a few seconds. But then if he added 50 kilo to that yoke, he'd go a very similar speed and the other guy would slow down. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it does suit certain athletes. So, yeah, I think it's great as well. I think the no-cutting no thing, that's why the 90 kilo lads have always had a good time because a lot of 90 kilo lads, I get to do 105 comps all the time because they can just rock up and uh, compete and use it as like a no-hassle easy experience gainer the 105 lads have this huge jump to open weight comps and then they're told you're not allowed to do inters opens because you've, you've you're at national level 105 so you're not allowed to do inters opens even yeah. though the weights might suit them you know the, the weights might be good for them uh, and they're not trophy hunting but because they've done national level they're not allowed because of that weird kind of ruling there is um, and then and then they, I've got a jump to open weight and sometimes it can be, you know, quite a quite a jump up in 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 weightlifted. So yeah, yeah. So going back to the going back to England's strongest man, who like give us a bit of a rundown what you were what you were most most impressed with in terms of athletes competing and and uh, athlete uh, your athlete who competed, who you were you want to give a shout out to? Yeah. Well, I'll start off with Ryan Oldfield. Brilliant performance. He came second in Ryan. And I think that the one thing that impressed about Ryan is obviously he's just experienced, just good at everything. He, he didn't make any mistakes, really. And um, he was the thing that impressed me was he used his brain, which is hard for Ryan when you've only got a couple of cells. <laughs> but um, on the frame carry, he saw that loads of people weren't moving it. And he used his initiative. And he picked, he put his grip a little bit. He either went forward on the handle or back on the handle, whichever one it was, so that one end lifted first. 
And then he just kind of like scraped it across the ground and moved it three inches, uh, which was enough to basically gain him. I think he got fifth actually because people couldn't pick the frame up. Um, so so yeah, he, he he saw what was happening. He didn't try and pick it up in the center or in, in a manner that would allow him to carry it. You know, he didn't think, I'm going to try to carry this 15 metres. He literally thought, what's the best way to move this three inches? And and did that and got himself points. And I thought that was a real smart thing to do in the moment. Um, and, and that's what got him second place because he would have dropped a lot of points, um, you know, if he hadn't moved the frame. So that was really good. And with my lads, I was just impressed with everybody keeping their heads because, I mean, the, the comp ran really well. But the one thing I will say is there was a clear issue with not testing kit. And that's the only, that's kind of like, that's not really Ant's fault, I guess. You, I don't know. I don't know what to, to say. I think the person who tested the kit was Paul Smith. And I don't think that you should test a frame carry with someone with the one of the best frames in the country because, um, you know, you're going to get a misjudgment of how hard it is. Uh, because you don't want England's level of competition. You don't want someone coming fifth out of 16 with a three inch you know, distance, do you? Uh, so a lot of the lads um, didn't lose their heads with the issue with equipment. Like, for example, the log. Apparently the log was really difficult. Um, for example, Jack Osborne only got like five reps and I think he was aiming for like eight. Ryan, I was expecting way over five. I think he got three uh, because the, well, I don't, I didn't use it, so I don't know, but the, all the athletes were saying the weight of the log felt like it was in front of them because it wasn't, the welds were different and, you know, the, just the weight distribution was off. But all the lads that kind of had a little bit of an issue on the log, they didn't lose their heads. They just thought, right, it is what it is. Everybody's in the same boat. And they cracked on with the next event and did really well. Mitch as well. Mitch had an issue with yoke. He couldn't move the yoke. First thing he said was, don't care. I'm just going to smash the rest of the events. Mitch ended up coming fourth. So he clawed it back after not moving the yoke. Um, you know, he could have come top three if he uh, didn't have that little injury happen, but, you know, he didn't lose his head and, and clawed it back to fourth. And yeah, just all, all the lads put in a, I don't know how to explain it, like, like, it was like an experienced performance from new lads. And I, I yeah, really... Well, let, let me just put in with that, actually. Like, for, for somebody, like, I, I don't know a lot of the guys that, that you go through there, like, I don't know them personally or whatever, but... Like they didn't look like they were new to it, and I think that's like testament to your coaching and testament to them throwing themselves. It, 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 like they didn't look like it was one of the first comps or whatever. You could you couldn't tell they were just cracking on, and especially with like some of the challenges you've highlighted, where um, like say the frame and um, you know being being super heavy like. I feel like it happens a lot on the log on log at comps where people seem to underperform, but I just feel that, that like so so many like implements and different brands are subtly different that that does make a huge difference. But I also think the next pose, as soon as you look up, there's fucking yeah. bright lights straight down, and um, it can with a log obviously you're literally looking up at the ceiling so that that can throw your balance off as well so i don't know if this is just what i was told off the lads i don't it could have just been they were looking into the light and it was made also i don't know what you think but training in there 
lean body, you've got a high ceiling, haven't you? Um, and oftentimes, if you go to a gym with a low ceiling for a comp, it throws off you like uh, balance and stuff. And same with me, like if I log in my gym with a low ceiling, if I go to log outside where it's suddenly, you know, infinite, yeah. it, it, it throws your balance off. So it, it could just be stuff like that. I didn't mean to fucking slate him meant strength logs. It was just literally every yeah, single person well, said it. That was why it was, that's why it was a common trend that everyone was like, Jesus Christ, yeah. that long. Well, well, I'll say my opinion on it, right? I did, I did the, uh, I used the same log at the, the Fit Expo. It was the immense strength one. And like, I thought it was absolutely fine. Like at right. first it felt, felt awful, but like I, like I always preach to people and always say that like, you need to get used to the rack position of each individual log, you know, like. Did, said, you, did you warm up on the immense strength log? Well, yeah, it was a fucking, fucking effort. I, I say warm up, like they didn't have many, they didn't have many plates. It was like, I think it was like 80 empty or whatever. And then you had to go to, I think they had 95 and then 125. Because I said to Anne, I thought I said to Anne after that I thought the issue was they warmed up on a mo log right, and okay. went out to an immense strength log. So if it was slightly different and you've kind of you know activated yourself and got used to the mo log and then lifted on the immense strength, it yeah. and it's different, it's gonna throw you, isn't it? Yeah, well look look. Let me just reiterate what we have covered. Uh, we might have covered it on the podcast. We've definitely covered it on YouTube and at the seminars. Do you remember me saying, uh, explaining why you need to warm up on each individual log? You know, about like, say, say basically yeah, yeah. Start, starting at, like, this is what everybody should do, in my opinion, right, is grab whatever log that you're going to be using at the comp, at your comp or whatever, Always, always get it, get it overhead. And then once you've got it overhead, do a control D centric to the rack, find your perfect rack position, what feels good, and then let it roll down your torso, see where it lands. And that's going to be where you have to start your clean from. And that's yeah. going to be unique to every single log. So that makes sense. If they're, they're warming up on a different, and by the way, this isn't a criticism of, of anybody. This is, this happens at, at, at most, a lot of comps don't, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, sometimes when they break stuff down, people... You've just got a warm-up yeah. log and the, the comp log's set up at comp weight. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't slating anyone here. We're just saying what fucking happened, by the way. Because I know some people listen to go, oh, I was slating yeah. the way they warmed up. I'm not. It's just the way it is. You wouldn't... When you're running an expo, Ant's probably doing 12 million things. I'm sure that was the last thing on yeah. his mind. But it's a small little thing that he'll probably change next time. So, yeah. Yeah. So, as an, as an, as an athlete... Um, like try try your best, especially on log, because it like like axle whatever, it doesn't doesn't really matter so much. But log log it it land that like each individual brand of log like your wrap position is going to be slightly different, and way and then that that means that where you should start the clean is going to be subtly different because it's going to land at the wrong angle potentially. You can't just use oh like I point. I always point the, uh, the 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 handles at this angle in training, and that always works for me. It com it changes uh, from log to log. So as an athlete, you need to take ownership. I'm not saying you could have done it in England. I'm saying in general, take ownership. Get your hands on the comp log. 
even if you're warming up with the with the other log, just get your hands on the on the the, the comp log and at least do one rep and find out where you should be starting your clean. Um, yeah. And, and like um, this this is this was the first thing that that I that started a bit of negativity for me at the Fit Expo with the log and deadlift champs is because I was insisting that I was I, I was going to use the log that they had on the platform for this exact reason. And then they said, oh no, you can't use it. And then I waited till they turned around and went and, and I went and... Well, that's what I'd have done. I've always said this, you've got to be a cheeky fucker at comps because... Well, that's it. And then <laughs> and then um, the ref, who had a bit of... Um, yeah, go on, let's move on to this then. Let's oh, no, mate, no, mate, yeah. it's, it's done with, it's done with, it's done with. But that, 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 was, the, that, was, the, that was the first thing where... Like I was doing my rep, and he insisted that told, told me to put it down and go and use the other one. Um, well, let, before because we've got loads to fucking cover here, I know you need to go. So let's talk about BNSF because I know you and the boys and uh, well, the the whole team actually because Jake did really well. Did well, he won. Um, what 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 were your thoughts on the the comp then, the performance of the not just yourself but obviously uh, twins and everyone else that you coached that did it. Yeah, it was it was great, mate. It's really good. Um, so there was the the max silver dollar to start, um, which was exciting because I said months ago that um, we'll see see the twins pulling a thousand pounds, and like I think people thought I was fucking nuts saying it. Um, but there was uh, in the eighties there was. Uh, there was Joe and, and Lewis Blackwood who started coaching uh, about six weeks ago. They both pulled a thousand pounds, four or five. Is Lewis the one who lost his tooth? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he pulled a thousand pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Four. Like I think I think the, I think it was those three left in, and they were up to four twenty, and they said, "Oh, what jump do you want to go to next?" And then I just shouted, "Put a thousand, put a thousand pound on four five five, and like. There was a bit of a murmur in the crowd. Like I think they thought I was taking the piss, and uh, they put it on, and all three of them lifted it, and then, and then there was a bit. Of a, I think there was a bit of an issue with with Lewis actually. I think his was like it was borderline still touching, still touching the ground. Like he couldn't have gone any heavier. He couldn't if it had gone for four seventy, it wouldn't have left the, left the ground. Do you know what I mean? The bar would have just been. Whereas uh, they went for four seventy, I think Joe missed it, and then uh, Tim Tim managed it. Um, so that was pretty impressive to see, like the heaviest lift, I suppose the heaviest lift of any kind ever in BNSF history. Right. Whatever. Um, so the the there were the records count for the individual categories. So like in the under nineties, uh, Dan Benson pulled, I think he pulled four thirty for the. Uh, under ninety record, um, can't remember who won who who won the one hundred five. I think John Mallon. I think he pulled three ninety. That was good, and he won overall. Do you know who I mean? Strength Forge. I do. Yeah, he, he was he was brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the whole like everything, the whole performance was brilliant. And then the guy guy won the opens, um, Andy. Is it Andy Taylor, uh, Luke and Ree coaching? He, I think he trains at um, Luke's gym, LR Strength Shed. Oh right, okay. Um, he was just a, again absolutely brilliant. 
um good all round but yeah yeah it was a it was great 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 day there was joe finished first in the 80s tim finished second in the 80s lewis bet sorry no lewis lewis came out didn't he fucked up a bit um who came third who came third oh connor connor cowans he was amazing yeah, coached by dean yeah yeah he was absolutely brilliant so it was the the top three from the north in the 80s um came came top three came top three in uh at the at the national comp i, back, I backed luke lewis blackwood to get the get the get third spot but he he fucked his ankle on the i feel i feel really sorry for him actually because what they'd done with the the frame they'd run head-to-head frame and i think lewis had won the frame I think it was 260 frame, like 10 meter drop and turn. And um, and then Tim Tim went and Tim got absolutely mauled. We did about five or six pickups. Um, and then they realized at the end that they misloaded it. He'd done 280. Tim had done 280. So they decided the way, the fairest way to do it was to make everybody go again. And then um, how did they misload it? Well, it was just one of those things. It was just what one of them was at two sixty, and the because it was head to head. One was set at two sixty, the other one was at two eighty. So, uh, so everybody had to go again. They decided was that to from the under nineties or something. Two eighty was the under nineties weight. No, they just oh, fair enough. Just they, a random thing, right? Yeah, yeah. it was just a, just a random thing. So, like, they, they, I think. I, I still think the fairest thing on the day was to make them all go again, and they all decided two forty was fair, whatever. But unfortunately, it stung a few people. And I think Lewis, who possibly won the frame carry, he fucking ended up dropping it and dropping it on his heel, fucking his ankle. So he was fucked after that. Bless him. Oh, you'd be fucking gutted, wouldn't you? I know. <laughs> I know, but. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was really impressive. The eighties, really good to watch. Like uh, Connor was only like a point or two behind. I think I think going into the stones, I think it was Joe on thirty two, Tim on thirty one, and Connor on thirty points. So it was really really close. Um, so I think uh, credit credit to Connor. He's he's just I've seen him closely at three comps, and he just got better and better. Um, so him at Brit at Britain's untested, just missed out on the top ten. Then he smashed the North qualifier for BNSF, and now he's like smashed the nationals. Um, so absolutely brilliant. Um, I was massive, massively impressed with the twins for just because, like, like other than the deadlift, like, I don't know, they they just it just wasn't a good day for them. They, they just didn't. They won't mind me saying this. They, they just didn't. They just on the individual events and stuff like doesn't matter what reasoning like they just yeah well you can't you can't perform perfect every time can you but it's them days where you're not performing well well. this is what i said to him like after the second event after the overhead because they both like failed the first log and then managed to scrape through it and get the next implement like we expected him to finish the medley like easily in a good time, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I just said to them after the, I said, said to them after the event, I said, look, I said, today's a different test now. Like 
forget about the in, like intricacies of every individual event performance. Today is about taking the win, coming in first and second. Nobody gives, nobody's going to give a fuck looking back at the comp, thinking like breaking it down, apart from us talking on this. Um, like people are just going to remember who, where, like who came first and second, like did you win or where did you come at that? Like, yeah. so today is not about a performance. It's about the result and fair play to them. They, there was like so many reasons that they could have like gone off the boil and they should like, I suppose like the la- last few comps that they've done, it's just all been perfect. So it was nice to see. Yeah. A bit of adversity. Yeah. A bit of adversity and, and like, um, and rising through it and, and getting the results. So Fair fucking boy to him for the absolutely brilliant and but and shout out to Tim as well by the way because um he he's not he's not meant to be training until end of October because he's like he's fucking got a bent finger he's like ripped a ruptured a tendon in his finger look at his videos you can see his fing- fingers in a, in like a splint and they've said at the hospital oh yeah yeah we're uh, we're not, we, you, you're into your competing and training and stuff. Uh, you can get back training at the end of October. <laughs> but um, but like they always fucking say that, don't they? So no, he, knows, he knows his own body. So I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he won't make it worse. And if he does, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but but fair fair play to him. Like I had to pro- like I've had to pro- probe it out of him and say, oh, what have the hospital said? What have the hospital said? And he like. Not once as as he like let it be a potential excuse or do you know what I mean? I yeah, he's got the he's got the right mind, Sam. He's a fucking I think it, credit to him. So uh, and in the nineties, I came second to Jake. Um, shared the podium with Dan, Dan Benson. Um, yeah, but uh, it was just brilliant competing with those two lads. Um, just neck and neck all day, and literally you couldn't call. You could. Yeah, you three it. have got. You three have got a little, uh, little rival. Not rivalry, but you know what I mean. You have, you have, you push each other and you help each other get better, don't you? Because you, you just neck and neck. I think it's a really good little thing. Yeah, that's it. Like we're just, just force, forcing each other to raise the bar. Literally, you couldn't, you couldn't call it after any of the events. Like it's, it, 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 yeah, it was really, really good. Um, so in terms of the top three, it were what was it? Dan, Dan pulled 430 on the silver dollar outright winner. I, I came second on the silver dollar with 350. Jake got 330 or 340, but he, he kept on tapping, like pretending he was staying in. So I had to go for my lift and forcing me to lift heavier and that played it tactically and fucked me up. Um, and then the overhead medley was just, it was like brilliant between us three. I think Dan, uh, what was it? Oh, Jake went first and he completed the medley. And it was like, it, it, it was quite interesting because we just all watched the 80s really struggle with it. it and like a lot of the good, like really good lads really struggle with the medley. Um, so, you know, like different setup on the day. The log was underneath a bright light, for instance. That it was from a tire in front of you. You didn't really have much space to. You had to take your feet wider to clean it. 
just just little different things. You had to lower the implements on the day where most people have been training, dropping it and stuff. Um, just just little things like that. So it, it it was a difficult setup. So Jake went out first and completed the medley. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And then I went out after Jake and I fancied myself to, to do really well with it. And then I failed the clean on the third implement. I failed the clean yeah, on the one, yeah. 125 barbell. Well, <clears throat> um, so I got back in, come, like did that. And I, and I was thinking to myself, like I did, did the first single arm dumbbell at 60 with my stronger arm. And I thought, fuck me, there's no fucking chance I can do it with my weaker arm. Um, like feeling fucked, but I, ma- I managed to get it and managed to just beat, just pick Jake on the time. And then Dan went out, me and Dan have been hitting similar times in training on the overhead medley. And then Dan was breezing it. And then he just couldn't, couldn't make that final dumbbell. So Dan dropped down to third and then, and then it was wide open after that. Right. And then the third event, which I'd accounted for, for coming behind Jake and Dan because they're brilliant at frame and farmers. That was a 2H frame. I moved it like what felt like about eight or nine metres. And then I watched the video and I moved it like fucking about two metres um, and uh, just mauled myself. And then there was tyre flip after that. And basically going into the, into the final event with the 90s on the stones, it was... Me and Dan on equal points, joint second and third, and we were two points behind Jake. I was out first, so I knew I needed to go out and win the stones and hopefully somebody beat Jake. Um, and then I went out, did a really good run. Um, I think I won by a couple of seconds on the event. And then Jake knew what he had to do and just went out and executed it brilliantly to beat, to beat the person who was in second place to take the win overall. So yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, Dan was un- unfortunate to, he fell over on the sandbag and it was like kind of what, what he did that cost him, cost him at England's as well this year, like brilliant performance on everything. And then that kind of one mistake on a, on a medley that's taking you from top points to bottom points. Um, and that, that, it just highlights how, how important it is for everybody to to like to to train medleys in terms of skill and speed and stuff like that because there's so much like no whether it's heavy or whether it's light there's so much pressure on especially when there's like five or six seconds separating top points and bottom points like yeah one trip you're fucking straight down aren't you yeah that's it um yeah and, the, and the, obviously uh the there were John Mallon in the 105s and then Andy Andy Taylor won the won the open so the top three from each class qualified for being like the the drug tested Europe's and world oh and also as well a good thing about the um the BNSF was there were drug testing on the day. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like um, it's it's almost like a standing joke that the yeah it is, yeah <laughs> that that, that like nobody can ever can ever remember them testing. So for people who are genuinely bothered and they want to actually 
compete in a because there, there are quite a few people who won't actually compete because they're not testing com- convinced about the testing so people yeah. who, are, who are actually asked about them uh, testing and being a arguably level playing field more level playing field somewhat then the, the there is testing going on um but yeah we've got anything else to to add shane are we done no i think we're done mate i think that's everything yeah so i'll catch you next week buddy yeah thanks mate all right oh, oh yeah and also as well so many other like brilliant comps for from uh, all levels going up, going on across the country, like in the last couple of weeks, like obviously we ju- we just talked about like the national level ones and um, qualifiers and whatnot. But yes, I got to give a big shout out to Jack Harkin because Jack Harkin, in in one of his first comps, won. I can't forget. I think it's Republic of Ireland strongest man. He won some kind of Ireland strongest man. He got about nine trophies because they they did it with different categories that you were all in. So he won like. The juniors, he got a trophy for that, but then he got the first timers best lifter, and then he got like the actual overall win as well, which qualified him to Ireland. And then he was competing against Paro Dwyer and the likes on the weekend. He's only a young lad, he's, he's got loads of potential. And Jack did, Jack did brilliant there. He came fifth at Ireland, but the top five were like <laughs> separated by a couple of points. And he had one little mistake on an event, which, uh, like you kind of said with Dan, dropped him from a podium spot at Ireland uh, down to fifth. But Again, it was kind of one of those things that's a little bit out of your control. Have you seen them anvils that Glenn makes people carry? Yeah. Yeah, they're hard to train until you actually go see and touch the implement. Apparently, they're a bit hard to understand the grip side of things. So we winged it a bit and tried to train it. But I think he just cocked up a bit on the uh, on the anvils. But again, uh, other than that, he's a fucking absolutely... He's got a big future ahead of him as, as Jack. He's only a young lad and he's already... Uh, already pushing par and that at that level it's really good yeah and then uh, at like the grassroots level like there's been like um chaos are ho- hosting uh, awesome comps consistently for people doing novice in in as first timers um the there's been a great comp near us that to- Tommy Tatham's been uh, hosting this weekend which I particularly like because there's it's almost there's almost like a kind of first time like almost lighter than first timers if you will, um, and the, it and it just op- opens up the door and just shows how um, how popular the sport is for for people who who aren't necessarily lifting massive weights yet. Uh, yeah. Because I think that that was a problem when I got into strongman a few years ago was like. I think the first comp, comp that I did was like 200 kilo deadlift for reps. I think it was like, I think I did a 110 axle, 110 farmers. Like, it was, it's fucking heavy for like, there are so, so many people who, who might be lifting 120, 130, 140 kilos, guys, they might be doing 60, 60 kilos overhead who are actually really good and they're technically really good and they want to compete and stuff like that. So I, I think it's great that the that the sport's growing at the grass grassroots level as well and um uh, like basically showing promoters that there's a that there's a big market out there for for some lighter comps as well that again is just gonna fill the bottom of that 
uh, broaden the bottom of that pyramid, which is great. Right. Peace out, mate. See ya. See you, mate.